this was all circulating around the base that a giant had been killed, but no one was supposed to talk about it. I saw three long bony fingers reach up underneath the door, curl up to grab it, and then disappear. When he came over to me, dude, he slithered over to me. And this giant comes out of the cave and they're all frozen. And he starts running and firing at this giant. But the giant moves, he's got a spear in one hand and he's running really fast and spears Dan and holds him up like this. Somebody yells, shoot him in the face, shoot him in the face. They basically decapitate him. Got closer, got closer, got closer. When he got about 15 yards away from me, I raised that 12 gauge and I blowed his head off. I feel something pulling at my leg. And I look over and there are two small gray entities pulling at me. And they're literally, I'm getting pulled off the bed. I reach my hand into this bush and I touch air. Couldn't breathe and I couldn't move because I know I'm seeing a monster. Yep. Welcome to the show, everybody. You're listening to The Confessionals. I am your host, Tony Merkel. Thank you for being here. If you've had an encounter or a story you'd like to share with me on the show, go ahead and shoot me an email. My email address is theconfessionals at theconfessionalspodcast.com. That's theconfessionals at theconfessionalspodcast.com. Or go to the website, theconfessionalspodcast.com. Hit the contact section and you can reach me that way as well. Either way works for me, just get a hold of me. And if you love The Confessionals on Tuesdays, on Thursdays, you might love The Confessionals as well. We drop an extra episode every Thursday on the website for members only. So if you want to have access to extra bonus content on a weekly basis, go to theconfessionalspodcast.com, hit the join button and become a member today. Now we have a very unique and different type of show today. It's probably one of the most important shows we have ever done. We're bringing on Mitchell Gerber. Now Mitchell Gerber is somebody who is a United States citizen, grew up in South Africa, but lived the last 20 years of his life in Vietnam, exposing and blowing the lid off a very hidden topic of human organ harvesting out of China. This is something that very few people are talking about. The mainstream media is silent because their pockets are getting fat from China. Well, today on The Confessionals, we bring on the guy who is heading this whole thing up to talk about this disgusting industry that needs more exposure. So without any further delay, let's bring on Mitchell right now. All right, today we got a great and unique guest on the show today. Today we are joined by Mitchell Gerber. Mitchell, how are you? I'm good, Tony. Great to be here. Thank you for having me. Thanks for being here. And listen, Mitchell, I'm really glad that you decided to join me. I reached out to you on a whim and I wasn't sure if you would respond or not. And you did. And I'm extremely excited because, Mitchell, you're doing something that uh, the world needs to hear about. And I don't think there's a whole lot of people in the world even thinking about 
pursuing and exposing the corruption that you're exposing. Now, uh, Mitchell, before we get into the thick of things, I want to kind of let the audience know a little bit about you and how you got involved in all this. So if you could just kind of walk us into, you know, who you are, what wound you up in Vietnam exposing the things that are going on in China? Well, my story is quite of a unique one, folks. I am an American citizen, born and raised, or born, raised in America, born in South Africa, went to school at the University of Georgia, uh, studied international politics and human rights. I was very much into business. I was very much into making money, investment banking. My father had a huge manufacturing export-import business, and he got me an internship at, at one of the investment houses. So I was rocking and rolling in all this kind of money-making and gung-ho in, in investments. And then one afternoon, there was a human rights fair at the University of Georgia in Atlanta, Georgia, where the CDC, the FBI, and Coca-Cola are head, uh, headquartered, a very strategic place. And um, I came across this ancient spiritual movement, very similar to Tai Chi, very similar to yoga, uh, very similar to martial arts. I have been a huge Bruce Lee fan and Kung Fu martial artist and karate enthusiast. I always used to watch the karate kid when I was younger with, with Miyagi. And I'm sure everyone's, you know, when I was, when, when you were young, you watched that kind of, uh, inspirational film and, uh, him winning the tournaments and Mr. Miyagi training him as a master, as a student. And uh, I was deep into fitness and wellness and health and, you know, uh, soccer and all kinds of sports. Yet I was feeling a lot of anxiousness. I was feeling a lot of stress. I was drinking a lot. I was smoking a lot. I wasn't happy. I was very angry. I felt deep in my heart that I needed something that can relieve this tension, especially going through uncertain times as we're going through now. And we can get into that later with uh, the virus situation that people are experiencing right now. But at that time, I was about 21 years old, and I came across this very beautiful mind and body spiritual movement that a friend of mine from New York pointed out to me when we were at this festival. So I walked up to this booth, and immediately I felt this energy, this uh, very peaceful vibration. I was checking out these uh, young Chinese people, uh, there were uh, about 19-year-olds and then 35-year-olds and as close as to like 10-year-olds. And then the older ones, about 60-year-olds, all practicing these slow-moving exercises, um, stretching exercises, meditation. And uh, the exercise music was very peaceful. It was very ancient and traditional. And on the, the music uh, uh, tape, as you can call it, there was a gentleman um, that was guiding these people to practice these exercises, namely the teacher, Mr. Lee, who founded this spiritual practice. And I thought it was quite fascinating. I walked up with my friend um, at that time who I was going to school with. Her father was one of the VPs of, uh, of Porsche at that time. And she was also very interested in yoga and Tai Chi. And I was like, yeah, well, what, what, what the hell? Let me check it out. So one of the, the practitioners uh, of this of this. Uh, ancient spiritual meditation took us into the park and I was like yeah let me give it a try I was like is this any, is this religious is this I'm not interested in this wooey wooey religious stuff uh, I got my own vibration you know I'm not I come from a Jewish uh, a, a, Jew, a, a Jewish Christian family um, you know so Catholic Catholicism Christianity Judaism ain't my style I'm more of like a just an organic natural spiritual uh, person I do believe in the creator 
but I just want to go on my own and not be bothered by the dogmaticness of religion. You know what I mean? So I, I made sure that this was not any kind of religion that I was dealing with. They're like, no, 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 no. This is just a spiritual mind and body practice. It became the largest spiritual group in, in, in China. And uh, we want to check, we want to show you the exercises. I was like, sure, why not? So immediately I went, you know, did the exercises and I could feel Tony this I'm blocking, like boom, 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 pop, 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 pop of my energy channels. And I was like, what the hell? I couldn't believe the amount of energy that was just released from my body within a matter of minutes from this first exercise of stretching the whole body in eight different postures, three sets with eight different postures. And I was like, wow, I want more. So the second exercise is more of an endurance exercise where you hold four postures and Anyway, the third exercise, you do a kind of a, a tracing of your body. Fourth exercise, also, you circulate the energy around your body. And the fifth one, you sit. And after the exercises, I was like, oh, my God, I've never felt so peaceful, so relaxed. Like, what is this? I've done yoga. I've done tai chi. I've, I've, never, I've done, you know, breathing exercises, transcendental meditation. But I've never, ever, ever, I've done a lot of stretching, calisthenics. But I've never done something like this that just immediately, like within 10 minutes of practicing, made me feel much more calm, much more positive in business, in relationships, with uh, relationships with girls, um, sleeping better, feeling better. I was like, I want more, I want more. So I went back to the booth and I was like, what is this practice? And one of the gentlemen there uh, from Hong Kong gave me a fly and I was like, Falun Dafa. Falun Gong. I was like, a traditional practice to improve mind and body. I was like, interesting. And I wanted to get to know more about it. And they were like, yeah, it's just these five exercises with a universal spiritual philosophy based on truthfulness, compassion, and tolerance. And um, I was like, this is badass, man. This is great. Is this free of charge? Do you have to pay anything? It's like, no, no, no. There's no rituals. There's no memberships. There's no... Uh, forcefulness, there's no money involved, you can practice if you want and if you don't want to practice anymore, you're free to leave everything's online, all the books are online and it's just offered freely to the public and we're just volunteers out of our own uh, volition and enthusiasm sharing the practice, I was like this is freaking awesome, there's no religious dogma, I want to get into this and as soon as I turned my head to the right, I was like, Whoa, what the hell is that about Brutal persecution of Falun Gong practitioners in China, a hundred torture methods conducted by the Chinese government to uh, force people to give up their innocent spiritual beliefs. I was like, what the hell is that about? And I'm like, I just want to learn a practice and I've just gone through a little bit of a Zen and now you're giving me this heavy stuff. What is this? And they began to explain to me that in 1999, after this practice grew to become the largest spiritual movement in China, by 1998, one out of every 10 Chinese national citizens were practicing this mind and body practice, namely Falun Gong, this Chinese spiritual discipline deeply rooted in Buddhist tradition, consisting of moral teachings and meditation, four gentle exercises, and very effective to bring up your health and improve your energy levels, this practice was completely, brutally outlawed and persecuted in China, and it was forbidden by 1999 by the Chinese Communist Party to practice. And then I was like, what the, what the hell? Then they continued to tell me that, yeah, uh, over 100 million people were now on lockdown in terms of brutal persecution, 
And there was a Nazi type of genocide going on conducted by the Chinese communist regime. Um, and I was like, I was God smacked. I was like, wow, this, this, this is really crazy. And I was studying international human rights and I related this to my studies. And I was just something deep inside me was like, I got, I got to take on a mission to get the word out. And at first I started practicing and I, I, my whole demeanor, I stopped drinking, I stopped smoking, I felt better. I was like, well, what can I do to help you? And then I started my personal spiritual mission to expose this like no like no other. And I went on a, a huge uh, mission. And here we are today, 20 years later, and only after uh, uh, practicing for about five years, then I realized that the allegations, and this is where it became even more heavy, of forced live organ harvesting was commencing where the Chinese Communist Party, after researching the benefits, the incredible, amazing benefits of Falun Gong, where the psychological and the physiological benefits went through the roof, this became the life force of Chinese people. One out of every 10 Chinese national citizens were practicing from the highest ranking members of the Chinese government, military officials, soldiers, professors, incredibly high level business people, very successful upper class society. Over half of upper class society in China were practicing, even to the, the peasant classes were practicing. Millions of dollars of healthcare costs being reduced, suicide rates reduced, the productivity rates in the factories were becoming even better, the quality of product was getting better, the services rendered were becoming even higher because the moral character improving based on Falun Gong's philosophy of truthfulness, compassion, tolerance, so China was just experiencing a complete revolutionary spiritual uh, uh, effectiveness and performance that the world was was beginning to realize was wow we want some of this like juice this this this, this awesomeness um, and because the organs became really healthy and ailments injuries and illnesses were just vanishing within three or four months the communist regime under the the the, the, the leadership of the former president of China in the 1990s, outlawed the practice, demonized it, slandered it as some kind of terrorist cult, just like they did with the Dalai Lama in Tibet, who is now advocating for his people around the world, just like they did with the Uyghur Muslims and, and their leader. And to turn public opinion against the spiritual movement and then did the worst thing ever, started to send hundreds and thousands of Falun Gong practitioners and others to state-mandated hospitals uh, uh, folks, cut their organs out of the bodies while alive, sell the organs as the healthiest organs in the world to cre create and produce a multi-billion dollar organ harvesting business, which is still in operation to this day and, are, and is ramping up even more so because they are, they are selling the communist regime, are, are selling the organs back to the infected rich Chinese that are, are, are needing lung transplants and heart transplants and, and liver transplants because their organs have been infected. So they, they, they're, they're killing the Falun Gong to order on a specified date to fulfill these needs and international patients around the world and then burning the bodies in the ovens of the crematories of the, and the crematories of the hospitals to conceal the evidence. And this is a new form of evil and this is why I am on your show today to, to share about this. So, the, so to cut a long story short, 
this is what I've shared in a nutshell for you. That's incredible. And I'm, I'm, I'm really amazed at the longevity you've had in this. I mean, you started this over 20 years ago. You're still going strong. Now, with the current times where we're in the middle of a pandemic coming that or originated from Wuhan, China, have you noticed that there is more attention given to China now that has opened doors for you to talk about this? Absolutely. You know, t- even a year uh, ago, no one wanted to even think about contacting me. No one wanted to talk to me. And now with the Communist Party virus, that the Chinese Communist Party lying about the virus, covering up the virus, punishing its own doctors, making people disappear. Uh, and now, if, now because the Chinese Communist Party and the virus has affected the international community, your family, my family, in terms of businesses, job losses, death rate, uh, 401ks, stock options, the world is now intensely looking at China. So it gave me a great opportunity and an opportunity to engage the story of the Falun Gong and the forced organ harvesting more than ever before. So this is why I'm I'm grateful to you, Tony, uh, and I hope more can follow. And if anyone is listening, any radio show host, any podcast, if you know anyone in your network that would love to me to have to come, to, to have me on, I would love to come. I do this for no money. I don't do this for no fame and fortune. And just like I said, what is a man who cannot make the world a better place? And this is what I did. I mean, you know, before I want to leave, I want to, in this world, I want to do something good for other people. So I'm grateful again to be on your show. So with what they're doing now, they've been doing this for a very long time. And, you know, people have talked about this. Uh, I've, I've heard about this thing. I've never heard about Falun Gong. I, I've never heard about him until I came across you. But I have heard, and maybe this is inaccurate. Maybe you could, you know, talk about this, where I've talked about in the past on my show a little bit, but I've also, I remember commenting in different threads about how China is harvesting organs from uh, Muslims and Christians. And I was under the assumption that this is a overall uh, religious attack where if you're, if you're worshiping somebody outside the communist party, uh, you're going to be attacked, jailed, uh, persecuted and killed. Uh, is, is this something that is focused on the Falun Gong or a general religious practice, uh, thing where they, they go after anybody who's attacked or practicing religious? That is correct in terms of the Uyghur Muslims and house Christians and Tibetans have been harvested for their organs. However, there is no other practice, mind and body practice. Those are more religions, but the, the, the Falun Gong became the largest spiritual movement out of all of the religions, out of all the Qigongs, out of all the spiritual practices in China, where again, like I said, one out of every 10 Chinese national citizens were practicing, about 100 million people by 1998. The, the numbers just grew so quickly, Tony, between 1992 and 1998, just through word of mouth that you would see tens of millions of people practicing noon, day, morning, night, these uh, exercises of Falun Gong. And the Chinese communist regime declared war on this particular practice, Falun Gong, like they did with the others. Yet the Falun Gong have been targeted. 95% of the organs are coming from the Falun Gong practitioners. And it's one of the largest campaigns of spiritual and religious persecution happening in the world over the past 20 years where millions of innocent people in China have been fired from their jobs, expelled from school, jailed, tortured, or killed simply for practicing Falun Gong. And for the tens of millions of people who practice Falun Gong today in China, each day they live at risk of being taken away by the Chinese authorities. Because just like the Nazis did with the Jews, 
they, uh, the communist regime um, considered Falun Gong the biggest threat, the largest threat uh, to its reign of terror since the Tiananmen Square massacre 10 years prior. And, I, and we all know about the Tiananmen Square massacre where we saw the students standing in front of the tank. Well, with Falun Gong, because the numbers grew so quickly and so large and became the largest spiritual movement in China, and because the universal principles of truthfulness, compassion, and tolerance that Falun Gong emits and transmits, just like Christianity, uh, 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 Catholicism, Islam, the stark ideological difference between what universal principles of truthfulness, compassion, and tolerance are in terms of the Falun Gong and others in comparison to the stark, atheist, demonic, barbaric, despotic nature of the communist regime, that was also another reason why Falun Gong was outlawed, like the other religious persecution practices were, religious practices were persecuted as well. And because the Chinese Communist Party knew that the organs were incredibly healthy and they saw the health results grow so fast and so so uh, uh, effective, they devised the communist regime under the, uh, the leadership of the Chinese military and the Chinese Communist Party leader, Jiang Zemin, um, they devised a final solution campaign, just like the Nazis did with the Jews, to eradicate Falun Gong within three months, destroy them physically, bankrupt them financially, and then do the most horrendous thing ever, continuing to this day, kill them for their organs. So they're killing people for their organs. Where I know that they're you know selling these probably at a high price to elite people and stuff. Is this something that's more like a black market kind of thing where they are truly selling people's organs on a black market to the highest bidder? Or is there already a customer lined up when they harvest somebody? This is legal. This is legal kill-to-order genocide wow. that has been concocted by the highest levels of the Communist Party, President Xi, Hu Jintao, Jiang Zemin, all through, through over 20 years. The Chinese military is on it and making money, the secret police, the hospitals, the doctors. There is a 610 office, and this is, this is insane, what I'm about to tell you, but it's true. On June 10th, 1990. Uh, nine, one month before the complete uh, crackdown uh, and brutal persecution and, for, and forbiddance, a ban, outlaw of Falun Gong in China. It is illegal and forbidden to practice Falun Gong in China to this day. One month before, the communist, the highest ranking communist officials, the, 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 the premier of China, the, the, the president of China, the military dictator of China and his gang of scoundrels, devised and created a Gestapo-type agency, just like the Nazis did with the SS, to sit on top of the Communist Party's system that controls the governmental agencies, the financial, political, and social realms, and agencies, and policies of all levels of government, state, local, and federal, which is all centralized, sourced to this one SS Gestapo-type agency, namely the 610 office, that is mandated to this day still to do one thing and one thing only, to destroy Falun Gong and declare Falun Gong illegal and declare war on Falun Gong and eliminate them from the shores of China. So this has been legal. There's no other regime on the face of the earth. There's no other government. There's no other country on this earth today that has conducted the state-sanctioned, legal state-mandated, and unprecedented state-endorsed campaign to eradicate 
a large group of numbers of people, at least 100,000 per year, 80 to 100,000 transplantations per year, to be exact, on Falun Gong, the largest group, Uyghur Muslims, House Christians, and Tibetan Buddhists. And I would love to share, uh, if you may, if you can, because I think the, 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 the clips that I've shared with you, Tony, will bring great insight and add spice and texture to your audience's mix. Uh, so if you would love to play the first clip, um, this is from... Uh, uh, the documentary, uh, an award-winning documentary from Swoop Films, I, I put together for you just to give you a little bit of a, a context of what Falun Gong really is and what has happened over the years. Falun Gong is a traditional practice of self-cultivation, a practice of slow-moving exercises, meditation, and studying of the principles of truthfulness, compassion, and tolerance, and trying to adopt those into your life. While morning exercises had always been popular in China, Falun Gong brought more than just health benefits. For thousands of years, the Chinese people have believed in Buddhas and Taoists and becoming an immortal. Falun Gong really dared to talk about these things. And immediately, people took it to heart. Oh, the true ancient good things of China have come back. However, after 50 years of political campaigns to destroy traditional beliefs, any revival of spirituality was seen as a threat to communist rule. Since I was 11, I experienced all of the Chinese Communist Party's campaigns. Group after group of good people were targeted. There was no faith, no truth. Falun Gong stood in stark contrast with communist ideology. So it would be very hard for it to be tolerated by the CCP. With more practitioners than members in the Communist Party, the party chief, Jiang Zemin, saw it as a threat to his power and overruled the government support of Falun Gong. Jiang Zemin issued an order, set up a special office called 610 Office, in charge of nationwide campaign of persecution. Known as China's Gestapo, the 610 Agency was above the law and could use any and all means necessary to achieve its sole mission to eliminate Falun Gong. The nationwide campaign began July 1999. People were disappearing. I couldn't find my friends. You know, one day there were 30 of us in the park and the next day they're gone and in the middle of the park tacked on the tree was a government declaration. This has been outlawed. First time I heard about the persecution, I didn't believe it at the first. And when I heard the, my, my mom was in Tulipa camp, I was very worried. And later on, my sister was put in the labor camp. My younger brother was put into jail. Basically, my family is just torn apart. When this family is torn apart, I feel inside. Outside the labor camps, propaganda campaigns against Falun Gong were running 24-7 on all media. Like you turn on the TV and literally the only way to describe it is propaganda marathons. You'd have mass book burnings organized by the party, steamrollers going over Falun Gong cassette tapes and CDs. Essentially it's a process of demonizing and dehumanizing, you know, incessant propaganda. In January 2001, Chinese Central Television broadcast this news that people were setting themselves on fire in Tiananmen Square and they claimed that these were Falun Gong practitioners. 
This propaganda story used a mother and her 12-year-old daughter. It was a major turning point in the CCP's campaign. They turned Tiananmen Square into a movie set, and they used movie techniques to try to create something, but it was staged. Because state-run media broadcasted constantly for a year, people around China, their views on Falun Gong started to change. Initially, the Communist Party was very public about uh, its campaign against Falun Gong. But what happened after about, I would say, starting from 2002, is that you started to see really almost more of a media blackout. Falun Gong simply became a taboo topic. With millions of practitioners in detention, one of the worst crimes in history began taking place in hospitals throughout the country as organ transplants suddenly began to skyrocket. We've been asked to investigate allegations that uh, there has been harvesting of organs of Falun Gong in China. Our bottom line conclusion after considering everything as best we could was that the allegations are true. I began conducting comprehensive interviews with medical professionals, Chinese law enforcement personnel, and over 50 refugees from the Laogai system. But I estimate that 65,000 Falun Gong were murdered for their organs from 2000 to 2008. Essentially what organ harvesting means is they're taking Falun Gong practitioners literally like cattle, holding them in prison camps, testing their blood and other vital organs, and when someone comes into the country that needs a heart, a liver, a kidney, they find a match, they take the Falun Gong practitioner, extract their organs, of course, killing them in the process. Wow, that's incredible. That's absolutely incredible because what they're talking about here is man, mass manipulation by the, the the media over there, getting people to actually think differently about Falun Gong, which a year before they didn't. And, and before we go any further in this, it, it screams, and I have to say this, it screams what we experience here in the United States. I talk about this all the time. The mainstream media, or I, I like to call it the mainstream propaganda, if you listen to that clip, one of the things they said was that they constantly hammered people with propaganda against Falun Gong, and then their minds started changing. And what do we see in this country? When the mainstream media wants you to think a certain way, they can make you do it by hammering you 24-7 with the same message over and over again until you start thinking that way. It's the same practices here that they do in China. That should scream something to everybody listening right now. Absolutely. And unfortunately, you have seen over the last uh, at least 20 years, the Chinese Communist Party's infiltration into America they have colluded with the World Health Organization, basically the Communist Health Organization. That's denied Taiwan access into the World Health Organization. And Taiwan has the lowest death rate right now in the world. So obviously they, were, they are doing something phenomenal and they should be learned. The world should learn from Taiwan how to control this virus and what they're doing to protect themselves. But they don't. And the United Nations has been hijacked by the Communist Party. The, the, the radical leftist media, particularly, are mouthpieces to the Chinese Communist Party, calling this virus or anyone who criticizes China a racist. It's not the Chinese virus. It's the Chinese Communist Party virus. So, yeah, Tony, what you just said is 100% correct. And um, because of the massive amounts of money that has poured into China, I mean, ever since 2004, this is from the nine commentaries on the Communist Party, and I just brought this up if I would love to read it to your listeners just for a second. Um, according to the data from China's Ministry of Commerce, by the end of April 2004, that's about 15, 16 years ago, uh, God knows how much money has been uh, transferred 
uh, into the, uh, the, the the vampiric uh, communist uh, pockets of the Chinese Communist Party since then. But since April 2004, the communist regime has seen a total of $990 billion of foreign invest- investment in various contracts. And this huge blood transfusion to the CCP's economy from foreign capital is apparent. But in the process of investment, foreign capital did not bring the concept of democracy, freedom, and human rights as fundamental principles to the Chinese people. On the contrary, the CCP capitalizes in its propaganda on the unconditional cooperation of foreign investors and foreign governments and the flattery of some countries. So by making the use of China's superficial economic prosperity, the Chinese officials have become extremely adept at colluding with businesses to divide state wealth and block political uh, uh, reforms. And in order to gain entry to the Chinese market, some internet websites have agreed to censor themselves and filter out information disliked by the Chinese Communist Party. And I'll just quickly give you an example. A buddy of mine who created the uh, produced He's an investigative reporter that works out of New York, the Epoch Times, and he has his own show called Crossroads. A brilliant uh, uh, producer and investigative reporter, Joshua Phillips, he produced with his team the origins of the coronavirus out of uh, New York, uh, produced by the Epoch Times. And this documentary, within a matter of days, went viral. I mean, over 70 million hits on Facebook alone, a couple of million on YouTube. But on, on, on Facebook, about 70 million. And what did the face, what did Combook do, which is Facebook, the Chinese Combook do? They censored it at the behest of the Chinese Communist Party minions. Our offices have been have been shut down in Vietnam, where I am right now, because of security reasons, because the Chinese Communist Party has colluded with the Vietnamese Communist Party and others around the world to stop us from voicing our uh, our, our truth uh, and evidence around the world. Same as the World Health Organization, same as the mainstream media, as you were saying, broadcasting and demonizing the patriot movement, demonizing other uh, uh, Trump, demonizing uh, people uh, for standing up for the truth. And this is the playbook of the Chinese Communist Party that they've learned and inherited in order to take down the republic, take down the constitutional values, rid the people of gun gun rights in order to render citizens helpless and then take over America with Henry Kissinger and the Rockefellers and the international bankers in order to instill a communist-style system in America and then depopulate. And this is in the, uh, the works right now, as you have seen. You know, Mitchell, you're speaking my love language right now. <laughs> I mean, you're truly talking a lot of things that I feel. And I'll back you up on this because uh, we have a Facebook group where fans can join and, you know, have open forum discussion about things. And a lot of people, including myself, shared that documentary. And I got a notification uh, last week saying that it, from Facebook saying that it was fake and that it was false information in that documentary. And it floored me because... In this group that I that I have for the show, people post probably 50 to 60 times a day. And there's tons of different things posted in there. We're a conspiracy and paranormal podcast. So everything we post in there, Facebook should consider fake. But out of the entire three years that I've ran this group, only 11 times has Facebook flagged something in my group. So the fact that they flagged the Epoch documentary as something being fake 
it made me feel like the Chinese citizens feel in China when the government says everything's okay. That's when they run for shelter. And so when I saw that Facebook said that this was a fake documentary, that's when I was like, well, that's my confirmation that this is real information. And and you you mentioned something very. And I actually I actually reached out to Joshua Phillips, and uh, him and I are working on trying to get together for uh, an interview. So if you could put a good word in for me, that'd be great. By the way, <laughs> I'll do it. But, oh, well, Tony, you're amazing. You're a legend. I'd love to. I'd be honored to. I appreciate appreciate it. Uh, but even like what you said earlier, a few minutes ago and stuff with the uh, international investments in China and China learning how to manipulate that. Uh, the prime example of that is the NBA, National Basketball Association, and their business with China to the point that when one of their general managers last season or beginning of this past season uh, said that he stands with Hong Kong, that created such a ruckus that the, the China canceled the NBA preseason games that the Chinese, uh, the NBA players were over they're ready to play and uh, the, the players themselves like LeBron James publicly stated disdain for that general manager saying that not only did he put them in danger physically but he also put their financial futures in danger as well it's all about money if, if, if you look at these giant corporations dealing with China and stuff like Facebook Facebook just uh, I think recently just uh, the day, last day or so they came out an article came out saying that they received millions and millions of dollars from China advertising money to push a certain agenda on Facebook when it comes to the coronavirus. Am I right in that? You nailed it. Oh, you nailed it. And if I may add to that, uh, the Chinese Communist Party, who controls China, the Chinese civilization, the Chinese government, and the Chinese people, is a reign of terror, Tony. They have killed this, this demonic red demon, this red devil. And Steve Bannon said it best. It's a red devil that has blood on its hands, not only of its own people, but now the international community, where even where over 40,000 deaths have occurred in the United States alone, not to mention Italy and Iran and Ecuador, where bodies are just strewn all over the, the beaches. I just saw today, it was just really horrific. The Chinese Communist Party conquered in order to kill. Their history of killing, they have killed more people than two world wars combined. A hundred million people decimated over 5,000 years of Chinese culture, traditions and values murdered millions of Chinese innocent girls under their one-child policy and now are harvesting their own citizens' organs forcefully without any consent on a uh, uh, kill-to-order campaign. And the nine commentaries for those avid uh, listeners or viewers of your show, Tony, I'd really uh, urge them to, to read or to watch the nine commentaries on the Communist Party at www.com. N-I-N-E commentaries.com. It's a free publication, or you can go to YouTube and just type in nine commentaries on the Communist Party. And I just want to share with you again, the Chinese Communist Party, just to add to what you said, behaves like the mafia by playing the economic card in foreign diplomacy. So whether China's aircraft manufacturing contract or the National Girls Bicycle Association contract is given to France or the United States or, or other countries, For the market share, it depends on which country keeps quiet on the Chinese Communist Party's human rights issues. So many Western businessmen and politicians are driven and controlled by economic profits from China. So they'll keep quiet. The NBA will keep quiet because of the market share and then uh, denounce the courageous uh, Hong Kong protesters that are students that are fighting against the invasion of the Chinese Communist Party disguised as the Hong Kong police, beating the living daylights out of them on the subways, in the malls, in the colleges, 
And, the, and, and like you said, LeBron James just says, no, we shouldn't be doing this. I have nothing to comment on. And we should go along with the Chinese Communist Party and even stand for their national anthem and salute their flag. I mean, it's absolutely sickening. It's disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. And you know what? For somebody like LeBron James, who puts himself out there as he's a very intelligent and all these things, he either is incredibly stupid and arrogant and naive when it comes to what is really going on in China, or he's what I think he really is, an evil person who endorses such practices. That's what that's how I feel. And I put it out there and I mean it with all its sincerity, because China is is our modern Nazi um uh reign only worse like i i view what's going on with china way worse than what's been go- what was going on in nazi germany because it's been going on for so long right underneath our noses and so many people in power know about it but they don't do anything about it absolutely and and you know to understand coming back to the organ harvesting with falun gong uh to understand how organ harvesting could happen in china tony it's crucial folks to understand that there is no limit to how far the chinese communist party will go to wipe out something or someone. So when the persecution of Falun Gong began on July 1999, a complete uh, outlawed of this practice, the Chinese regime called Falun Gong the biggest threat to national security, like I said, since Tiananmen Square 10 years uh, before. And today they're even more terrified uh, because we've received Communist Party documents and they were issued uh, that, that, and stated that the competition against Falun Gong, the spiritual movement, is the principal means of competition for the hearts and the minds of the masses. And like I said, the prime evil source of this genocide, this final solution campaign, I mean, we, we know about Hitler in Nazi Germany, we know about Stalin in communist Russia, Mussolini in Italy, Jiang Zemin, not many people are, are, are know about this, 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 uh, this evil head, this reign of terror, who was the leader of the Chinese Communist Party that he was seeking a way to consolidate his own power while also eliminating the largest movement of thought in recent Chinese history. So to achieve this, he went on an all-out campaign to weaponize the, 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 the media, the secret police, the Chinese military, the hospitals, to demonize Falun Gong, slander it, and then uh, turn public opinion against it, and then kill them for the organs. So with that note, if you would love to play uh, clip two for your audience, just to confirm the evidence from the investigators, that will be uh, really good. Uh, a rather upsetting issue, uh, allegations that uh, have uh, repeatedly been aired that China uh, plays a part in harvesting organs, uh, mainly of executed prisoners. Um, the numbers run to thousands every year. Uh, the uh, organs then get sold on for transplants. Um, it's always been vehemently denied by the Chinese government. But here in Britain, representatives of a campaign called Forced Organ Harvesting have been looking at the issue and they've gone as far as presenting their latest findings to the British Parliament, two representatives. Representatives join us here in the studio. Welcome to David Kilgore, former member of the Canadian Parliament, and Ethan Goodman, uh, author of several books on China, who've both been involved in the investigations. Are here to tell us a little bit more. Uh, David uh, Kilgore, if I could start with you, um, what are the latest findings of your investigation? What are you closing in on? Uh, that about well, about sixty five thousand Falun Gong practitioners have been killed and their organs trafficked. Uh, there are other people too, uh, convicted prisoners uh, are, are killed, of course. But uh, the thing that we're focusing on is the Falun Gong community. My, my colleague Ethan Gutman has, has done a lot of work on the Uyghur community. He'll probably want to say something about that. But yeah, there, there's no doubt. We have 
52 kinds of evidence that this is uh, this is happening. To give you the easiest example, uh, uh, the wife of a surgeon told us that her husband had removed the corneas from 2,000 Falun Gong practitioners in a two-year period. So, I mean, there's absolutely no doubt in anybody's mind. We've written, we've got two books on it, we've got all kinds of... And these, here. just to clarify, these come after judicial executions? No, no, there is no judicial involvement in virtually all of the Falun Gong. That's the thing that nobody understands. Okay, right. So we better clarify this because we often cover the fact that China, of course, has one of the highest rates of execution, yeah. judicial execution. It's their choice. That's what yeah. they do. Uh, and they're always there in the top three, along with yep. Saudi Arabia and yep. Iran. But yep. this is something different. Exactly. It's because a police signature is all you need to get sent to a forced labor camp. And then basically what happens is somebody from, it could be London, it could be Canada, goes over there for a liver. And uh, they uh, there's a computer bank and it says there's a match for, for you out in camp number 50. And somebody's dragged out of the cap number 50 into an operating room. Their liver's taken out of them. It's flown to Shanghai where you're probably waiting for your liver. And you come back to London with a new liver. And somebody has been killed like a, a lobster in a grotesque restaurant. Hang on a minute. So you're not even saying, because, I mean, it's one issue, the judicial executions and the use of the cadaver, mm-hmm. uh, which I suppose in a certain legal sense is the property of the state once mm-hmm. the state has mm-hmm. killed the individual. But you're saying these are people being killed to order? <laughs> Precisely. And it's, it's, it's so, as you say, your horror shows how, how distressing it is. But yet it never gets mentioned uh, that these are people who've been maybe giving out pamphlets asking them to stop killing Falun Gong and they're, they're guilty of nothing. The allegation and, and our findings are shocking. I mean, uh, to us, uh, it, it, this is a, a form of uh, evil we have yet to see on this planet. Uh, this is a new form of evil. Uh, I'm uh, David Maitis, and with me is uh, David Kilgore. We've been asked to investigate allegations that uh, there has been harvesting of organs of Falun Gong in China, uh, that the uh, the willing that the donors, the Falun Gong donors, are unwilling. Then uh, they have been uh, executed uh, in the process, uh, either for the purpose of the transplants or after the transplants, and that their bodies are cremated. That, that was the allegation we were asked to investigate. Uh, David Kilgore is a former member of parliament and former cabinet minister for Asia Pacific, and I'm a, a Winnipeg lawyer uh, doing immigration, refugee, and international human rights law in Winnipeg. We were asked to uh, investigate this uh, allegation by the coalition uh, against, uh, well, it's a coalition investigating allegations of persecution, coalition to investigate the persecution of Falun Gong in China, which is based in uh, Washington, D.C., We were asked to do this a couple months ago, uh, and we have uh, now uh, done uh, our investigation, and we're producing this report. We were not paid. We were doing this as volunteers, uh, and uh, we're not associated officially uh, with anyone. We're just acting independently from everyone and doing this investigation. We pursued every investigative trail we could find. In the report, you will see that there are 18 different avenues of proof and disproof we, we considered and evaluated. Our bottom line conclusion after considering everything as best we could was that the allegations are true. We believe them to be true, that this uh, harvesting is indeed happening. That conclusion comes not from any one of these different 18 categories of evidence uh, that we looked at, but by assessing everything altogether. Altogether, uh, they paint a whole picture. All the evidence we looked at uh, either corroborated the uh, allegations or, in some cases, uh, where we were looking at possible disproof, did not disprove the allegations. 
we do know for a fact uh, that that the Falun Gong are are depersonalized, dehumanized, uh, and marginalized, uh, repressed, persecuted, uh, both in word and in deed, in, in the most vile ways uh, possible. For this sort of allegation uh, to be true uh, in Canada would involve a very large step from where we are. But in China, it's not that big a step from where China has been. That's incredible. I I can't believe what I just heard. You know, China and what they're doing with these harvesting, the harvesting of these organs is so huge. I I didn't even comprehend how big this was until that clip right there, because I was thinking that this is going to be something that was within China's boundaries. But what you're saying and what this clip has said is that this is something that's going on in China for a global market. Is that right? That's true. Legal. No other country in the world has done this like the communist regime has done this. A superpower has the second largest military has the oh, second largest economy in the world, one of the largest militaries, if not the largest military. And um, yeah, this is what's going on. Absolutely legal. Selling it back to their own citizens and international patients around the world for the last 20 years. See, we have the mainstream media praising China right now about their handling of the virus. That's that's all we heard on the news just a couple of weeks ago is how great China handled this and stuff. It makes you wonder why they're praising them so much. One, obviously, we know the money connection. But two, how many of the CEOs and the higher ups in these media corporations have gotten these organ transplants? Because if you need something, you can go to China and get it. It's disgusting. Absolutely, Tony. It's on a specified date. I mean, think about this. For waiting times back in the past, you would have to wait four to five to sometimes seven years for a heart, for a liver, for a kidney, for a, for a, a specific match. Now, a kill to order, specified date within a matter of weeks, you can receive a fresh organ, a fresh kidney. For a cornea for $30,000, you heard from David Kilgore about how the, the wife of the surgeon who now goes around and testifies how her former surgeon husband removed the uh, kid, the, the corneas of over 2,000 living Falun Gong practitioners. These people are alive. And they have given a, they're given a little anesthetic, anesthesia, just to hold them down and sedate them. Otherwise, up to four people will have to hold them down. And then they, their corneas are removed, their livers are removed, their lungs, their, kid, their pancreases, their, 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 their hearts. And for $130,000 to $160,000 for a heart, $98,000 to $130,000 for a liver. The Chinese Communist Party were promoting this on over 20 websites before they took them down. But luckily, the investigators got the, uh, the screenshots. And what's even more troubling, what's even more troubling, that at upholdjustice.org, um, a very technical uh, uh, website uh, from the World Organization to Investigate the Persecution of Falun Gong, and the coalition to investigate the persecution of Falun Gong, which you just heard in the clip from David Matters. Now, these clips were from 2006 and 2014. The update is over 600 pages with two, over 2,000 footnotes. In 2016, Ethan Gutman joined forces and have, have shown that between uh, uh, well, 2001 and 2006, between 40 and 65,000 Falun Gong practitioners were harvested alive for their organs. Now, between 80 and 100,000 transplantations a, a year have been conducted to kill Falun Gong for their organs. And I want to just read something to you which will, which will shock you. From October 19th, and these are official documents, 
to December 2nd, 2018, the World Organization to Investigate the Persecution of Falun Gong conducted a series of, of phone investigations on some key hospitals and their presidents or directors, which have been involved in the Chinese Communist Party's live organ harvesting from Falun Gong petitioners. The investigation indicates that these hospitals and doctors have not stopped and they continue harvesting organs from living Falun Gong practitioners. The investigators uh, result, resulted uh, and revealed again that the Chinese Communist Party is still conducting live organ harvesting from Falun Gong practitioners. In response to the question, are you still using organs from Falun Gong practitioners? 10 investigated uh, individuals from nine hospitals. Now, there are over 800 hospitals. Okay, let's just be clear. Over 250 concentration camps in China gave affirmative answers. Yes, yes, right, 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 correct, correct. You are right, 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 right. Yeah, right, this is for sure. No problem. Let's discuss after you come. Although other responses were vague, none of them denied the use of Falun Gong practitioners' organs. The 17 telephone investigations published in the report involved 12 hospitals in major cities of 11 provinces and central government-directed controlled municipalities involving Beijing, Tianjin, Shanghai, Yangtai, etc., etc., etc. The individuals investigated are all presidents or directors of top-level organ transplant hospitals in China. Many are responsible for state-level projects in the field of organ transplantation, as well as national and provincial-level technical experts. Some are even in charge of organizations dedicated to persecute Falun Gong. These hospital presidents and directors are all heavyweight figures in key hospitals, which are suspected to have been participating in the live organ Falun Gong harvesting of practitioners. That's unbelievable. The China Tribunal, uh, which is headed by Sir Jeffrey Nice. Now, Sir Jeffrey Nice, this is a tribunal panel that came together and Sir Jeffrey Nice has been a barrister in London since 1971, and he led the prosecution of Slobodan Milosevic, the former president of Serbia at the UN International Crime, uh, Criminal Tribunal for the former Yugoslavia. Uh, these, this tribunal, uh, on, on June uh, 17, 2019, unanimously uh, concluded that Beyond a reasonable doubt, China forced organ was forced the organ harvesting from prisoners of conscience, Uyghur Muslims, Falun Gong practitioners, Tibetans, and House Christians, and this has been practiced for a substantial period of time, involving a very substantial number of victims. And this is at ChinaTribunal.com final judgment. So people can also go look at them. The, the reports there. They can also go look at endtransplantabuse.org. All these documents, all these reports, all these books are free of charge. And what's very sad about this, Tony, is that not not a lot of people read about this. Uh, the, the Roundtable Coalition, um, which you can look up on YouTube, it's a four-part series where all the investigators got together, David Kilgore, David Mattis, uh, Ethan Gutman, all are Nobel Peace nominees as well, Matthew Robinson, an award-winning uh, uh, reporter, and Anastasia Lin, who is and was um, who was Miss uh, World Canada 2016 and 2017, a Falun Gong practitioner, including with her father. She was barred from going and participating in the, 19, in the 2018 Miss World pageant because she practices Falun Gong. They all sat together and were sharing about how 
the pop persecution was going on. And I remember in one of the clips that Matthew Robinson was talking about the, the, this award-winning group reporter, uh, how the, uh, the, the, the high-ranking uh, human rights officials and leaders of very high-ranking governing bodies were like, oh, yeah, that issue, is that really going on? Is that really going on? How do you know? And after giving them the, the, the information and the books, they wouldn't read it. And I remember Ethan Gutman was like, oh, yeah, we might as well just throw this in the trash. His book of over 10 years of investigative reports, namely The Slaughter, which I urge your uh, your, your listeners to, uh, to, to, to read, The Slaughter by Ethan Gutman, can be bought on Amazon, as well as Bloody Harvest, which is the Kilgore Mattis report by David Kilgore and David Mattis. Or you can just read the updates uh, for free at ntransplantabuse.org. They even said, you know, this investigation started, started in 2006, yet the volume of investigative work is only increasing. You want to comment, hit the books. If someone is too lazy to read about the subject or just doesn't care enough about Chinese atrocities to bother, perhaps they should keep silent. And what frustrates the hell out of me, Tony, is that people who just speak out of their bloody asses, excuse my language, and mention, oh, well, this has been done before, or you don't know what you're talking about, and, you know, Falun Gong is a cult, and blah, 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 blah. These kind of people, these beauties, you know, they're such beauties. And I come back at them and I say, listen, my friends, listen, listen, you know, have you read the documents? Have you read the publications? And these are not Falun Gong practitioners. These are independent uh, investigators that have nothing to do with Falun Gong. They've they're not got nothing to do with the Uyghur Muslim community. They've got nothing to do tied to Falun Gong whatsoever, so there's no bias. Have you read their reports? Oh, I don't want to read the reports. They remain quiet. They, they make everyone in the room look stupid. And for these kind of people, they're a bunch of idiots, okay, with their liberal logic. And I'm not doubt, doubting any liberals here. I'm just saying, you, you've ever met these kind of people that put their, 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 mouth, their, their, their foot in their mouth and, or shoot, their, shoot themselves in the foot? I'm like, if you want to read, if you want to contend, if you want to discuss, if you want to debate, then debunk the information, but they don't. And this is the big problem. And as you said about the mainstream media, they regurgitate talking points of the Communist Party and they praise the Communist Party and defend the Communist Party. Oh, you're all being racist because you're, def you're, you're, you're criticizing them as the Chinese virus or the Communist Party. That's the key and the cue of saying, you know what? These people are in bed with the communist regime. And Steve Bannon on American Voices said it best that these people have blood on their hands. The Henry Kissingers, the, 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 the United Nations, the Rockefellers, the Wall Street bankers, the Wall Street, the, the, the corporate think tanks. They all have big blood on their hands because they've made a fortune off not only the slave trade that founded and is based off the, the consumer market for the last 30 years, but also they've known about the full uh, forced organ harvesting genocide and they've done nothing. They've turned their backs. Yeah. And, you know, it's all about the herd mentality. What, like what you were just talking about a few, few minutes ago here, uh, people are... I, listen, I, I I believe that we live in a world where the society and culture around us has been engineered and by people who are in power. And so when you see somebody step up and say, oh, well, that's just, you know, lies, this, that, and the other, but they haven't actually looked into it. They are. They're regurgitating things because they have been trained to do so. They have, they, they have been manipulated to not think on their own, but to just regurgitate what they hear on the mainstream media. And that's why I tell people all the time, if you really want to start thinking for yourself, you need to turn 
turn off the mainstream media. Give yourself a three to six month cleanse where your brain truly cleanses itself of that programming man- manipulation. And when you turn that back on after that three to six month process, you truly will see that you think differently because you're not manipulated. You're not brainwashed anymore. And so that's what we're seeing here when it comes to these things happening. And what you mentioned about uh, the racism thing. Listen, like China is amazing. China is amazing. You have, what, three, I think it's like three billion people in China. Imagine if those people were free, like there so many other countries throughout the world, the United States, the UK. If those people were free with the ingenuity that they have, imagine what we would have globally if China was free from this filth of the Communist Party. I'm, I'm telling you right now, I I have no voice in the matter and stuff, but I would, I would say this right now. I would call for the removal of the CCP at any cost possible because they are are holding down the world globally and their people dramatically. You nailed it. And with that, I would love you to play uh, clip three from the former vice president of the European Parliament, uh, Edward Bigman Scott. He says something very definitive as what you have said. Okay, here we go. Edward McMillan Scott. Thank you very much indeed, Peter. Um, I uh, wrote a report on EU-China relations uh, in 1996-7 for the Foreign Affairs Committee and returned to Beijing in 2006, where I met uh, ex-prisoners of conscience, Falun Gong practitioners, as well as uh, made contact with a number of other dissidents and reformers. All the Chinese with whom I had contact were then imprisoned, and in some cases, like Gao Zhisheng, tortured. Gao Zhisheng is a Christian human rights lawyer, very, very well known in China, who investigated the persecution of Falun Gong and wrote reports about it. And one of the people I met, Cao Dong, who had been in prison, told me the story about how his best friend had disappeared one evening from the cell in their prison. And the next time he saw him, it was his body in the prison hospital with holes where body parts had been extracted. The belief that I have, and I share with David Kilgore, that organ harvesting is widespread in China, and it is restricted almost exclusively to Falun Gong practitioners. The only prisoners in China who are routinely blood tested and blood pressure tested are Falun Gong practitioners. The organ transplant industry is in the hands of the military. The People's Liberation Army is responsible for the uh, hospitals, the transportation of body parts, and the sale of them. It is therefore a governmental activity and constitutes genocide under Article 2 of the Genocide Convention. It is as serious as that. And my final word is, with respect to you, Peter, the Falun Gong are to the Chinese regime of today what the Jews were to the Nazis during the war. And we should all take note of this and look at China with new eyes. The European Parliament uh, comes from a very diverse background, and as Peter has already said, even within this quite straightforward resolution, there are still problems, because the absolute deluge of propaganda from the regime in Beijing, vilifying Falun Gong as some sort of extremist cult. Now, I've met, as I said, hundreds of members of Falun Gong. It is not a sect, it is not a cult, there is no money involved, There is no uh, brainwashing. All the normal characteristics of a cult simply don't exist. These are people who practice their uh, spiritual exercises uh, on their own. And yet, as I said, because 
between 70 and 100 million people in 1999 were practicing Falun Gong. This was seen by Jiang Zemin, then the, the, the leader of the Communist Party, as a threat to his own position. It wasn't, of course, but he saw the opportunity of creating an enemy within. Just as during the war, the Nazis singled out the Jews as a special character, characteristic and did what they did to the Jews. The same is happening today, today to Falun Gong in China. That is why it is genocide. That's why I say it's so serious. As to whether we can con convey this to all the members of the European Parliament, it's quite difficult. It is quite difficult, but we're trying. And that's what this press conference is about. There'll be other activities today and beyond. Uh, I will maintain my campaign, especially until the people I had contact with are released from prison. On the question of um, Manfred Novak and his reports and his attempts to try and get to the truth about the situation in China, he's told me that he believes that uh, more than two-thirds of the prisoners in China in re-education through labor or forced labor camps are Falun Gong practitioners. That is a huge number of people. Now, at the end of the Kilgamatus report, you will see a list of more than 3,000 Falun Gong practitioners who have died under torture. To the regime, those are wasted people, but nevertheless, they have died under torture in the prison camps. I've met hundreds of Falun Gong who've been through this terrible process of escalating torture. I believe that we should, in Europe, now set up something like happened in West Germany during the Cold War at Selzgitter, where an impunity index was maintained of confidential denunciations from East Germany under communist rule against torture and maltreatment. And after reunification, a number of prosecutions followed of those people. And what we need in, 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 in the world today is an impunity index maintained at an international level, in my view by the EU, in conjunction with the International Criminal Court, so that people in China or other countries where there's repression may make confidential denunciations, and having talked to ex-prisoners, they tell me that the one thing that gave them some hope was that one day the torturers would be brought to account. Now, in the report of David Kilgore and David Matus, those 3,000 Falun Gong practitioners who've died, in those cases, it has been established where they were arrested, where they were imprisoned, who did the torture, that is listed. And that's a fundamental point. And we should never, ever give up on the idea that one day justice will be done. Yeah, so ex that, exactly what he says. I mean, we should be keeping a record as to who is doing what with this whole thing so that they can be brought to justice when the opportune time comes. Absolutely. Absolutely, Tony. And again, I thoroughly enjoyed my time with you and for me to share this because the mainstream media hasn't covered this yet. Do you know how many times I go on Twitter and I make actual videos risking my life, reaching out to the left media, the right media, talking to people, podcasts. I'm actually going on David Icke's uh, son's show uh, on Thursday. I just went on Jesse Peterson. I was on InfoWars and now I'm on your amazing show. If there's anyone else that is listening, if you know anybody in your network that wants me on their show, on their show like I said, I'm risking my life and, 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 and people around the world are risking their lives to just bring about this atrocity. And um, uh, the, the awareness is what's most important. And I think I've got one more clip and then we can call it a night because I think it's over an hour. But um, I, I'll leave it till the end. But i got a saying from Kingdom of Heaven, a really cool movie. But I'll leave it to the end. But 
Again, to fail to support what is good and to fail to expose what is evil is unacceptable. And what is a man or a human being who cannot make the world a better place? And that's why this touched me so deeply because as a Falun Gong practitioner myself, I've been practicing over 10 years. I am so healthy when I practice in the morning. My day is even brighter than ever before. I can sleep better. And the uncertainty that we're going through right now the stress, the anxiety can get to us. It can really torture the mind and make us go insane. Also, lockdown in our houses. So practicing the Falun Gong exercises, as sad as it sounds, I mean, people should be more enthusiastic and more motivated to practice the Falun Gong exercises, especially knowing that their organs are being sold for the healthiest organs in the world. So obviously the practice is magic. And for those who are who, who still demonize it as a cult or say this is this is something evil, then I beg the question, why is the communist regime selling their organs for massive amounts of profit and then burying the bodies to conceal the evidence if it's such a horrible, sinister, poisonous cult as some of these minions like Rick Ross has called it and said, it, oh, it's a CIA-backed cult and it's a demonic terrorist cult. But yet they've been killed for their organs and 52 pieces of evidence confirmed and all the evidence that has been confirmed has pointed to no characteristics of any cult, no evidence to say uh, uh, that it is some kind of terrorist group. I mean, they call the Dalai Lama, for God's sake, a terrorist cult leader. So to, to stand on the wrong side of destiny, Tony, is, is really bad. And, you know, if you've got time, you can play the last clip and we can end it off after that. What seems to be unusual about China is that and I think Ethan Gutman makes this argument brilliantly in his book, is, is how the, the Chinese government have solved two problems at once. They've solved a problem of organ shortage along with a problem of dealing with a, a quite annoying dissident population um, by using the one to, to source the other. And it's done on such a wide level at, with involvement at all levels of government that it's state-sanctioned, it's turned, as Ethan says, it's turned doctors into murderers. Um, and used health reasons to, 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 to persecute and, and kill um, a, a group that they're not happy with. It's extremely difficult to find evidence about what's happening in China because it is such a secretive system. At the moment, however, though, we've got three reports that have come out over a period of 10 years. The first in 2006, Bloody Harvest by David Kilgore and David Mattis used an, a, a wide range of evidence and particularly relied on phone calls and interviews and website um, scrutiny to look at what was going on in China to establish um, the, the nature of the trade there. Then Ethan Gutman did his investigation called The Slaughter, which was published in 2014. And he um, used a different methodology. He interviewed people who'd come out of labor camps and put together a very detailed picture, which he fitted into the political background um, of China and built up a very compelling story of how the two things had come together, the persecution of the Falun Gong and the rise in transplant medicine. So that was two sources of evidence. Following that, in 2016, we've had a new report published called The Update, um, Bloody Harvest the Slaughter, The Update, which is available free to download. And this is an exhaustive report, 600 pages with 2,000 references. And in this report, the authors who joined forces, so we've got um, Mattis, uh, Gutman and Kilgore, have 
tried to document the extent of transplant activity in China using a number of innovative methods. So they've looked at the number of hospitals that are licensed to do transplants, the number of hospitals that are not licensed but are nonetheless doing transplants, the numbers of beds in the hospitals, the number of medical staff in the hospitals, reports of how busy the doctors are, reports of bed utilisation rates and reports of profits being made by transplant in individual hospitals. In terms of, of, of withholding credibility from practitioners of Falun Gong just because they're practitioners of Falun Gong, it's a, an instance of what, what we call testimonial injustice. It's like not believing someone because of who they are rather than because of what they say and the reasons that what they say might be true. And again, I, I put it down to the... the, the, the the skill of the Chinese government in demonising the practitioners of Falun Gong within China so that they're, um, as I understand, you know, can be ostracised or considered to be bad citizens, bad people, um, and so you shouldn't believe anything they say. But they've also sold that to people who, who should be able to take a far more critical stance, who haven't been subject to years of Chinese brainwashing, um, and who should be able to say, OK, it doesn't really matter. Um, what this person's spiritual practices are, they're providing me with evidence and I should listen to this evidence and take it at face value um, initially. Of course you're sceptical if you think someone's trying to um, tell a story to further some um, some political ends. But again, as Ethan's explained, there's no evidence that Falun Gong is a cult of any sort. There's no evidence um, of, of, of political action to try and bring down the Chinese government. Um, there's no evidence of anything other than a, a deep desire to be left alone to practice um, their spiritual beliefs in peace and to not be locked up and murdered. And so it... it, it it seems a very unpleasant and evil form of victim blaming um, to, to withhold credibility just because people are practitioners. As far as I'm aware from what's been reported in the media uh, is that um, Professor Jeremy Chapman uh, regarded it as a, a load of Falun Gong propaganda. Um, that, that, I don't think that was the exact words he used, but that was uh, the intent of the words. And I'd, I'd read a lot of media at the time and I can't remember where the other article was, but the other article was a, um, a spokeswoman for the Chinese government, and it was almost word for word exactly the same as what Professor Chapman said, and that just made me wonder who was briefing him. Well, the, the appropriate response would be to at least engage with the literature, I think, to have a look at it. I don't expect them to get translators and check every single source, but to have a look at what's there, and then to engage in a dialogue to say, well, there's a problem with using bed utilisation rates because of this or um, actually transplant doctors, you know, do more transplants than that or do fewer. Just to look at the different indicators that um, Mattis, Kilgore and Gutman have put together and to say, well, these ones stand up, these ones don't stand up. Um, this is how you could get better information. If they're interested in knowing what's going on in China, they need to be part of the solution in, in actually identifying what's going on rather than just dismissing attempts. Francis Delmonico said on under oath at the um, US Senate committee hearings that TTS had no access at all to the military hospitals. And I think he said as well that they're aware that, that they are problematic or, or, or similar words. What, what TTS needs to do to engage with the report is to let go of the idea that this is Falun Gong propaganda. I think there are enough credible accounts, there are enough questions from credible and multiple sources to say, OK, there seems to be a real problem here. 
and it's a terrible problem, how can we help to try and sort out what is actually going on? Because we can't act effectively unless we know what's going on. I think TTS is somehow, for some reason, convinced by the Chinese um, government or their representatives that this is propaganda, that it's political, and that TTS doesn't want to get involved in anything that's seen as China's internal politics. But if people are being murdered for their organs, you've immediately got a close connection between transplantation and politics. You can't just say we're only interested in transplantation, not in politics. And Tony, the TTS is the Transplantation Society for your viewers as well. Okay. And, and you know, this is something that hearing her speak really kind of hit me where people listening to this show right now, this episode, they, they really need to make a decision. They have to choose to inform themselves on these things because what she was saying is all about the propaganda. And not only do you have to think, you have to think China has their own propaganda system which within their country. So what gets out of the country that's true is very limited. And then whatever gets out of the, their country that's true and does circulate around the world has to get through your propaganda wall as well. Whatever country you're in, their propaganda on how they control the way you think through their mainstream media, such as the United States. And so you actually have to go through two, pardon the pun, great walls of propaganda before you actually get to any semblance of truth. And that's why you need to make a decision to choose to look into things for yourself and dig. And I've, I've covered this on the show before. I'll just real quick tell people, one of the best things you can do is to go to other countries outside of your country, their news, and read it. Whether it's propaganda or not, it doesn't matter. It's, it's what they're spinning to their people. And that will give you a better broad range of view how people think around the world. And it's one of the small things you can do to really, truly inform yourself. Definitely, Tony, definitely. And that was actually Wendy Ann Rogers. She's a professor at the Clinical Ethics of the University of Sydney, Sydney, Sydney in Australia. And she was nominated by, um, uh, I think, Nature's. I think it's a, it's, it's a top magazine or one of 10 uh, people who mattered in 2019 for revealing ethical failures in China's studies and organ harvesting transportation. And just to go on what you were saying, that people should read and go and, and, and become more worldly. I'm in communist Vietnam right now, risking my life. And I like to see both sides of the coin. And then I make the decision. That's what we call research and discernment before implementation. Re development come, discernment comes before development. In, when you're in business, when you're doing distribution channels and you're going through product implementations and you want to research Create your idea into a product, but then discern what is right and what is wrong before you develop and implement and ex execute and launch. The sermon is very important. So like you were saying, Tony, I think that uh, to back that up, uh, uh, what you just said, which is, which is gold, as Ethan Gutman uh, said, but no one, no one has the right to dismiss the allegations without actually reading the corpus of work that has been published. And, you know, The Slaughter, his book has been out for a year. This was in 2015, this interview that, that, that was done for him, on him. That's plenty of time for serious reviewers to question my conclusions. I can't think of one who has, even the South China Morning Post, which obviously had to give a critical review given their financial relationship with the mainland, didn't dare. And I stand by every footnote, every interview. I don't begrudge anyone the right to doubt. As I say in my book, these are serious allegations and toxic allegations. But you have to read. And you can read the communist propaganda, the South uh, China Morning Post, that has a serious financial tie to the, to the mainland. 
However, read both sides and then have the heart to discern. It's called data mining. Sift the sand to find the genuine gold. But uh, but the thing is that no matter how much evil and darkness tries to hide the truth and demonize people who do want to tell the truth, your goodness will always triumph over evil. And that's that's the bottom line. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I firmly believe that. Now, you did mention real quick, I, I know we... I know we're over an hour, but I'd like to ask you this question. Actually, I have two questions. One, you mentioned about how uh, putting your life at stake. Have you had any attempts on your life at all? Yes, I had a, I had an attempt in 2005 when uh, Chinese spies came after me and a couple of friends who I was working with in Atlanta, Georgia. I had to sit down with the FBI and uh, file also an Atlanta police, pro- police pro- uh, report because they broke into my car I've had communist spies trying to uh, infiltrate me in in uh, California, um, in uh, on my computer. Oh yeah, I've I've uh, I've been around, man. I've been around, and uh, the CIA. I sat down with Robert David Steele. Uh, I'm sure you know about Robert David Steele. Yeah. He uh, was on uh, um, in in uh, in London when I was presenting a briefing with David Kilgore, David uh, uh, Ethan Gutman, and Enver Totti, a Chinese surgeon which I hope you can get on your show. I can give you some help with that. He was the first one who came out to, and bared witness uh, and did an actual forced organ harvesting in 1995 on a prisoner of conscience. He doesn't know if it was a following petitioner or was a Uyghur Muslim, but he was forced to do one and then fled to London where he now goes around with the investigators to share his testimony. And he shared his testimony with us in London when I brought him to, uh, to the testimony. Uh, and he actually showed that even children are harvested by the communist regime. And so, uh, yeah, my life has been uh, threatened. But you know what? I pat myself on the back being blacklisted from China uh, and um, and risking my life in Vietnam. My offices have been shut down. A lot of my Vietnamese uh, uh, colleagues have been going into hiding. Um, but, you know, like I said, to fail to support, which is good, and to fail to expose what is evil is unacceptable. And I pat my hat, my, my, myself on the back, knowing that the communist regime are like rats on a sinking ship. And now they are more than ever scared of being exposed because they are vampires and they've got serious blood on their hands. And those who are colluding with the communist regime better wake up soon and stay on the right side of destiny because they are complicit in these crimes. And so that's that's my answer to you, Tony. Good. I'm I'm glad they're reeling back, and I'm good. I'm glad they're scared to death. They should be because we're coming for them. Those who are seeking justice are coming for them. And you mentioned about the children. Do you think that is it just the idea that hey they're doing it to children too, or do you think there's more even more sinister attempts behind that? Where on our show, I don't know if you've ever looked into it, but on our show we do talk about the idea of uh, elite pedophile rings and what they do to children, uh, and the idea of sacrificing children and stuff. It, do you, have you ever heard of such things coming out of communist China? Yes, indeed, and there was a really good uh, um, investigative report on the edge of wonder. Uh, uh, the show that's been done in New York. I don't know if you've seen this. It's a great podcast yeah. called Edge of Wonder, as well as China Uncensored by with Chris Chappelle. Very good as well. Uh, they, 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 they're really good shows. They were talking about Andromachrome, the, uh, the blood that the elites used as, as like health elixirs uh, after doing their child sacrifices and rituals, and the blood from tortured children from the pituitary gland and they procure the blood and then they set it off to the elite. It's a very sinister and evil uh, um, uh, uh, way of 
becoming more healthy, I guess, because there's so much. Uh, have you heard about this, Tony? I, I don't know oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I actually wrote down adrenochrome at some point during this interview because I was going to bring it up. Uh, yeah, it's it's disgusting. And this is what they're doing. I mean, it, they torture yeah. children, get their adrenaline gro- going, and then they extract it because that's the highest dosage of adrenochrome they can get. And it, it's it's happening right now. And when we talk, when we look at the statistics, I'm very much um, a proponent of fighting back against human sex trafficking, uh, obviously child trafficking. But we we're, we go about, I think it's at least a minimum of 400,000 children a year in the United States alone go missing. Where are they going and what's happening to them? Absolutely. And same in China with the Falun Gong practitioners. When 100 million practitioners were brutally outlawed and persecuted, hundreds and thousands, if not millions, upon millions of innocent Falun Gong practitioners, many of them husbands and wives who've had children, uh, were were locked up into detention centers, re-education centers, and concentration camps, and then killed for their organs as well. Uh, The the, the report has indicated that children were tortured, the Falun Gong children were tortured, and their blood extracted as well. Uh So it's very sick. And uh, in Vototi, uh, showed us a, a, a testimony, a vivid uh, um, depiction of the children that were trafficked in ice boxes throughout China. It's very sick and very evil. So, yeah, t- uh, Tony, I-, I would love to give out the information if people want to learn about the exercises and before I leave, before I go. Absolutely. You can definitely do that. Uh, and I'll, I'll just piggyback off of what you just said here real quick. Uh, with the adrenochrome, and I'm glad you brought it up, uh, China is, from what I understand, the number one producer of adrenochrome, which is a, a very uh, under market kind of thing. And where do you think that adrenochrome is coming from? If they're the number one producer and we're importing that for the elites in this country and all these other countries, where do you think this is coming from? It's coming from these victims that we're talking about today, and something needs to be done about it. Go ahead and share with us where they can find you and all the information that they need to catch up on what's going on in China. I love it. I love it, Tony. You know what? This is one of my best podcasts I've ever done in my entire life. I just, the, the, the sharpness, the intellect, the preciseness. I mean, you know, I'm sure you, you are quite the legend. You really are. It's an honor. It's a blessing, and it's a privilege to be on your show. And um, they can find me, everybody who's listening and want to get in contact with me, they can, uh, my Twitter account is truthseeker077, truthseeker077, and my uh, our website is stoporganharvesting.org, endtransplantabuse.org. I've sent you all the links as well. Um, and um, you can uh, also, if you'd like to learn about the exercises and Falun Gong, which is great for this time of uh, need in terms of stress relief, anxiety relief, and overall good, you know, positive vibrations in the body, uh, uh, you can go to www.faluninfo.net, F-A-L-U-N-I-N-F-O.net, and the exercises are free of charge, as well as the books from Mr. Lee Hong Sir, the founder, at www.falundafa.org, F-A-L-U-N. D-A-F-A dot org. And uh, I forgot to mention that uh, Doctors Against Forced Organ Harvesting, a band of doctors all around the world, got together and created the uh, largest campaign in history, a four to five, a three, I think a three to four million signature drive to the United Nations. And then we tracked it to show how silence was confirmed and proven by the United Nations and thus complicit with the communist regime's cover-ups. 
And uh, only three countries, three to four countries in the entire world, Tony, have banned organ tourism. Many people were skeptical about the, 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 the Israel because you've heard about the, the Zionist movement and um, that's, that's not my expertise. But it's like the deep state and the patriarch state, like QAnon and the deep state, right? Same with Israel. You've got, you've got the Zionist state and you've got the Jewish state. The Knesset and the Sanhedrin, the ancient rabbinic council, as, long, uh, as well as Jacob Levy, who is the, um, the, uh, the president of Shiva uh, Medical Center in Tel Aviv, uh, created the, the, the 2008 transplantation law that banned any organ, any Israeli going to, to China to get a transplantation or a kidney or transplanta- organ transplant, heart or anything like that after learning about the Falun Gong. So they've done some great things in Israel to prevent this. Then the second uh, um, uh, country was Taiwan, and the third was Spain. The fourth is Italy, but still very disappointing that the United States, Canada, South Korea, and other big countries have not banned organ tourism, knowing full well that this is going on. So, yeah, uh, I think that's basically it. If anyone is an avid reader and wants to learn about China as well, the, the great publication, the free publication, The Nine Commentaries on the Communist Party, at www.ninecommentaries.com. And to leave you with a quote from my great, from my, one of my favorite movies, Tony, um, be without fear in the face of your enemies. Be brave and upright that God may love thee. Speak the truth always, even if it leads to your death. Safeguard the helpless and try to do no wrong. This is my oath. Well, that's the show, everybody. I really hope you enjoyed it. And if you did enjoy it, please share the show with your friends, because if you think this is an important show and you think it was a good one, please share it with other people who you think are going to need to hear what we talked about on this episode. I think this is a very important topic for many, many different reasons. And if you think so as well, do your part and share this show with anybody and everybody. Make this episode go viral. If there's ever an episode that needs to get out there to the masses, this is that episode. And just to let you know, next Tuesday, we have a returning guest, somebody who has not been on The Confessionals for over 200 episodes, a fan favorite, often requested, and never been brought back on until now. We're talking to L.A. Marzulli next Tuesday, right here on The Confessionals. We're going to talk to him about the COVID-19 coup as he calls it, and his new project on the trail of the Nephilim. It was a great conversation with LA. You're going to hear it all right here next week on The Confessionals. And until next week, friends, stay safe, take care, and remember, the truth will set you free, but first it will piss you off. Bye. In the town where I was born We're supposed to have free speech But we sold our rights away To the land of censorship So we held our overlords Till we drowned in a sea of green And we live beneath the boot under Chinese censorship We all live under Chinese censorship And we're all in debt There's no more to bet We all live under Chinese censorship 
Let's roll out the tanks The Uyghurs and Gems The Uyghurs are on board To be taught to love China more Xi Jinping starts to say We don't happen to have any honey, do you? We all live on a Chinese censorship They say Ching Ching Chong and no press Hong Kong We all live on a Chinese censorship And we are the ones who sell your organs As we live a life of lease Our countries on earth have become Greece Sky of fire over Taiwan For a worldwide Chinatown Chinese censorship to them and protest, but to no arrest. We all live on a Chinese censorship. Say we need the poo and we'll arrest you. We all live on a Chinese censorship. Chinese censorship. Chinese censorship. We all live on a Chinese censorship. I wipe my screen to see what you do